Peace, family. This is what you've all been waiting for. This here is part two of Did Jesus Warn Us of Planet X by none other than Dr. Hayoka. Tune in now. This is Dr. Hayoka. And I'm bringing you a part two of Did Jesus Warn of Planet X? This is part two. <clears throat> Before I begin further, I would like to say I, as an essential being, as a spirit, as a human, as a benevolent soul, honor, respect, love and have the absolute amazement and interest in all religions firstly I respect all religions equally because I think all religion is perfectly fine if it is understood from a philosophical and spiritual perspective. So I just want that to be clear. I want to clear the air with that. I respect all religions, but I think religion should be taught in the context of knowledge and wisdom. Because within each text, Biblical, um, from the Bible, Holy Quran, the Bhagavad-Gita, the Zohar, the Mahabharata, the Vedas. In respect, in regard to the to the Jehovah Witness and you know the Hebrew Israelites, all groups, all religious groups, knowledge and wisdom is found. And if you seek with an understanding, you will gain knowledge and wisdom throughout all the scriptures. So I just want to clear the air on that. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to disrespect anyone's religion. I just want you to know I honor and respect all religions because, again, all religions, if taught correctly, provides a body of knowledge and wisdom for the betterment of the soul. So I will continue further. Did Jesus warn of Planet X part two? Planet X, the sign of the Son of Man and the end of the age. Matthew 24, verses 29 through 30. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened. And the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the son of the the sign of the son of man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. Now, what that means is when everyone sees this planet, it's going to be straight pandemonium, chaos in the streets. 
people are going to be running around like chickens with their hair cut off because they're going to be in fear. That's what that means. And they shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. That's Matthew chapter 24 verses 29 through 30. X marks the spot. Planet X is the true holy grail of archaeology and mythology and within astronomy. And this goes back to the Near Eastern history and most importantly of biblical studies. Because rabbis and high level scholars who are in the occult, they, they know this, they have this knowledge. Planet X is the key that unlocks all the mysteries of the of the creation story. Of um, nativity and the second coming and the blessed tie that binds them. We should understand Planet X. I.e. Jesus relationship with both the creation and activity. Planet X role is perhaps the greatest event in history and it's the greatest story ever told, but it's been told in secret for generations, which is the second coming of Christ. Now, throughout this, I am going to be explaining metaphorically and the symbolism of, you know, the burning flame and the attributes of these planets as it pertains to, to Jesus and other, um, and, and I possibly will discuss other characters as, as well, but I'm going to explain the attributes in such a way where you will be able to understand when you read the scriptures for yourself and you read scriptures, for example, that mentions like Ezekiel when he's seen a wheel turning in opposite directions and heads going the opposite direction. That's all metaphorical. That's a representation of UFO. I know it sounds absurd and crazy, but that's the attributes of a UFO craft. Those are examples of attributes. The red dragon, you know, um, the, you know, things that's burning like a furnace. All those are attributes of, of planets. So I'm going to explain that as it pertains to the Bible, Jesus, and the catastrophes that have always occurred by being caused by planet X. The star of the Messiah, the biblical evidence, though Jesus describes in Matthew 24, 30, how great heavenly sign will precede his second coming. And that's what I discussed on part one. Its precise character is not explicitly stated. It is a star, a planet, a heavenly chariot, a great white horse, or something completely different that appears in the heavens. References to stars related to the day of the Lord are surprisingly limited, however, and clear references to planets non-existence. However, the references to stars related to the history and final destiny of the children of Israel are telling indeed, and we shall see. Genesis 15, 5. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven. That's the universe, y'all. That's above. That's why I said on part one, look up. Look now toward heaven and tell the stars that thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, 
so shall thy seed be. The first mention of a star related to the children of God in the Old Testament has to do with God's promise to Abraham that he would multiply Abraham's seeds as the stars of heaven. Abraham, as we saw in one of the chapters. So um, to go further down, I'm going to read something that's uh, much more, uh, much more important. There was a part of the Bible where God told Abraham to leave Ur, you are of the Chaldees, not long before it was destroyed by a meteorite sent by God from heaven, a meteorite. Remember on part one where I talked about instruments, instruments and devices or weapons that God would utilize to destroy mankind or the or civilization as it, as it pertains to their moral their immorality and their the, the filthiness of their souls and while he sojourned in the land of canaan god gave him this promise in a vision closely comparing the number of the descendants that would come from abraham with the stars in heaven soon afterwards god actually came down to earth appearing as appearing as a man in genesis 18 Visiting Abraham in his own tent, most likely Planet X was at its peak in the sky at that time around 2000 B.C., hurling down meteorites. Now, I want to pause. If you can go if you go on YouTube, TikTok, um, do research, there's meteorites right now that's falling all over the, um, the earth. Um, and when I say all over, I'm not talking about like every every city, every place, but it is. Um, how can I explain it? The falling in diverse places in, in, in certain isolated certain not isolated but certain places over the world um and not just globally but certain areas you know depending on where the debris field is at in the orbit of the earth so i'm not saying you look it's everywhere it's in texas it's in louisiana and you just see them everywhere all at once but there are different um, specific locations where uh, individuals are seeing meteorites and comets and things like that flying in the sky. Um, but I will continue further. But that's something you can look up on your own time. So to continue, meteorites upon God's earthly enemies, which were hurling down and marking the time of the coming of the pre-incarnate Christ, who will return to be born of the flesh 2000 years later. Thus, by comparing Abraham's descendants to the stars in the sky, while Planet X sat high above the heavenly assembly, God's promise to Abraham made it clear that the destiny of the children of Israel would be to live among the stars, the stars, a destiny that would be tied to the occasional reappearance of Planet X in the heavens. Genesis 37, 9, and he dreamed yet another dream and told it his, to his brethren. And he said, Behold, I have dreamed the dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made absence to me. The, mention, the next mention of a star related to the destiny of the children of God in the Old Testament occurs in the story of Joseph. Joseph had a dream while wearing his coat of many colors. Wherein his father, mother and eleven brothers. Remember, it always utilizes numerology. That's why there's a book in the Bible called Numbers. Because the Bible is composed of signs, symbols, and numbers. I repeat, the Bible is composed of signs, uh, signs, um, uh, numbers, 
and symbols, signs, symbols, and numbers. I got tongue tied. My apology, brothers and sisters. But the Bible is derived and is composed of signs, symbols, and numbers. I will continue. And 11 brothers in the form of the sun, moon, and 11 stars bow down to him. As we discovered in one of the chapters, the number, I think it's chapter 4, the number 11 appears um, prominently in the book of Job as the number of family members that Job had. And also shows us in Enuma Elish, which is a book I mentioned in part one, as the number of monster serpents that Tiamat created from her body to defend herself from her duke. So these are planets that had a war in the heavens. So that's metaphorical. Metaphorical. So when you hear about wars and things like that in the heavens, it's not actual where there is entities, but not actually people, but actually uh, planets, even though there are other stories of actual creatures, which I will get to at another date. We deduce from that based upon the astronomical interpretation of the creation material to be found in the Bible, that what was being referred to here symbolically was the comets 11, there goes that number 11 again, of which were apparently considered major enough to be classified as the 11. Furthermore, the father, his father, Jacob, was described as being like the sun and his mother like the moon. All of whom, as the dream indicated, would bow down to him. If so, if his father represented the sun and his mother, the moon and his brothers, the comets, then Joseph must have represented planet X, which had conquered Tiamat's heavenly army, the moon and the comets. And for a brief time, even outshone his father, the sun. So what I want to explain there is there are times where Planet X represents other characters, but it's all metaphorically to get you to understand the significance and the outcome of what's being said. So, yes, Jesus represents Planet X and sometimes other characters, but mainly um, Jesus. I will continue. Thus, we have in view here Genesis 37, 9, a reference to the children of Israel being once again equated with the stars and the leader of the children of Israel being equated with the king star, which is planet X. Numbers, remember I mentioned numbers, numbers 2417. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not now. There shall come a star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Myob. A mob and destroy all the children of Sheath. Now, I want what I want to do now. I want to, I want to fast forward to the prophecy of Balaam, B A L A A M, Balaam or Balaam, however you want to pronounce it. I believe it's Balaam. The prophecy of Balaam talks about the birth of the leader of Israel, which indeed indicated the appearance of a special star rising like a scepter to smash the enemies. And I apologize if I'm not pronouncing this correctly, but this is spelled S-C-E-P-T-R-E. So you can look that up. Um, Because what's important is the message. Um, and right now, I'm not too concerned of how it's pronounced, but you can look that up on your own time. Let me back up. 
the appearance of a special star rising like a sceptre to smash the enemies of God. Also, like the prophecy of Balaam, Christ's advent was met by a delegation of Magi of a similar order who, like Balaam, knew that the reappearance of the sacred star, Planet X, meant that God himself had returned to visit Earth once more, this time in the form of a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. Remember that song? That song that used to be um, sung to us? Away <laughs> in a manger, blah, 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 blah. You know how the song goes. That's symbolic. That's a zodiacal astronomical astrology song about the stars and the heavens. Second Peter 1.19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto ye do, ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shine in a dark place. All of these scriptures keep talking about a light. Keep talking about shining. Keep talk, talking about a star in the heavens. This is all astro theology, astrology and theology composed in one, which gives you astro theology. This is why the zodiac is so important in our birth as it pertains to the zodiac and the stars. That's why you have this new age group of children that are now talking and, and young people um, and adults that are now talking more about astronomy and zodiac because our zodiac is tied to the heavens and the stars. Stars dictate and influence our behavior and our character, whether you want to believe that or not. Do your research. I will continue to read. As unto a light that shine in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Revelation chapter 2 verses 26 through 28 says, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works until the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with the rod of iron as the vessels of a potter. Shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. Revelations 22, 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify, testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. Now, I'm about to say something and I got to be very careful how I say this because I do not want to disrespect anyone. But it's truth. And I'm not trying to cause <laughs> panic or disruption or distortion of the mind. But there's a particular individual or character in the Bible. Aside from Jesus, that is the bright and morning star. Some call him Lucifer. Now, why is this scripture in Revelation 22, 16 saying that. Jesus saying out of his own mouth that he is the bright and morning star. Could it be that Jesus and Lucifer are the same person individually? I mean, not individually, but as an individual, as the same entity, metaphorically, could it be that Jesus and Lucifer are the same entity? That's just a question I'm asking now. Don't get upset. It's just a question. Because we're all we're all learning. We all want the truth. Right. And Jesus said out his own mouth, the truth has set you free. Or maybe it was John. But the truth of the matter is the truth will set you free because the truth expands your consciousness. So think about that. 
As we saw previously in our analysis of Numbers 24 17, the star that will accompany the advent of the king of Israel will also be a weapon, a weapon that the king would use to smite his enemies. We get further cl clarification from 2 Peter 1 19 and Revelation 2 26 28 and 22 16 that this star would rise like the sun, described as a day star in 2 Peter and a morning star in Revelation 2 and 22. Perhaps. Perhaps this means that planet X will be so bright upon its appearance that it will revile the sun in brightness. However, whereas the sun rises on both the righteous and the wicked, this day star will rise to benefit the righteous, but destroy the wicked. Perhaps it is this same day star that Malachi described as the sun S-U-N of righteousness that will rise with healing in its wings in Malachi 4.2. Thus, planet X should be understood to be a sun, S-U-N, of righteousness, a special sun that God created for his son, S-O-N, a sun, S-U-N, that rises only for God's chosen. The planet of Bethlehem, the existence of numerous references to a star closely associated with Jesus indicates that the star of Bethlehem was apparently still being used to symbolize Jesus even after his ascension. In Revelations 22, 16, Jesus actually refers himself as the, the morning star, though the planet Venus was and still is considered to be the morning star due to the fact that it is usually the first star seen in the morning due to his exceptional brightness. This cannot be a reference to planet Venus since Venus continued to be worshipped as a symbol of the goddess Venus well after Christ's death. So that means after Jesus died. Venus was worshipped as the goddess planet. So you can look that up on your own time. Do your research. Even in the unlikely event that Christ would associate himself with this planet, its pagan connotations would have been confusing to young Christians newly converted from their astrological beliefs, wherein Venus was actually worshipped as a goddess. Therefore, this must refer to some other heavenly body which served as a symbol for Christ. Most likely the body with which Christ had been associated with all along, the star of Bethlehem. But exactly how long planet X would have remained visible from Earth depends upon how long it takes to orbit the sun. Fortunately, in the book of 2 Peter chapter 3, we have the answer. So this is 2 Peter 3, 7 through 8. 2 Peter 3, 7 through 8. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store reserved until fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. That's the unrighteous and, and more men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Second Peter three contains some of the most crucial evidence in the Bible supporting the existence of planet X. So y'all listen carefully. Not only does it describe the day of the Lord as a time of judgment by fire from heaven, but it actually defines a day of the Lord as a period of 1000 years. This could be interpreted many ways, but in the context of the planet X giant impact theory, it is best interpreted as a description of the orbital period of planet X. In this case, verse eight is essentially saying that one orbital period for God is 1000 years where planet X, God's heavenly throne returns every 1000 years to rule the night sky. 
As we saw in chapter three, most astronomers who have studied planet X agree that its orbital period is indeed somewhere between 800 and 1200 years. So Peter's description of the day of the length of a day of the Lord makes perfect sense in context. Now, I said something profound. Astronomers. So astronomers. Now, these are, are people who are experts in astronomy. Astronomers, brothers and sisters, astronomers have been studying planet X. Zachariah, um, Zachariah Sitchin has studied it. He was more of an author and a um, and an investigator into this, but he got his research from other astronomers who were actu who were actually astronomers and studied astrology and the stars. So look up different astronomers who have studied Planet X. So you can go to Google and type in keyword astronomers and Planet X. Just keywords. Look on DuckDuckGo. That's a good um, search engine as well because it gives you more information than Google because, you know, Google censors certain information. So look at um, just type in keywords on DuckDuckGo for astronomers who have studied Planet X. So they studied this. Scientists have studied this. So they know it exists. They just want to keep it hidden to avoid panic. This is to be distinguished from the day of the Lord, which spe specifically refers to the apocalypse when God will allow planet X to pass close enough to earth to cause massive destruction that would have been similar and scale to that of the creation of God himself had not cut, cut it short. Matthew 24, 22. Now. I want to go further and explain. What would be the effect on Earth when this system is close, which is already is in our backyard? I said on part one that it will cause it will cause more volcanic eruption, an uptick in earthquakes, an uptick on the size of earthquakes. Let me sip some of my coffee. <laughs> it will cause an uptick in the size of earthquakes from 3.0s to 4.0s to 5.0s. So you begin to see more 4.0 on the Richter scale earthquakes and it will begin to intensify and increase by the day, by weeks, by months. But you will see more 4s, more 5s, more 6s all over the world in, in specific places of um, all over the world. You'll see more meteorites and showers in the sky that will happen in different parts. You will see the media lying, <laughs> saying that, you know, they have discovered um, there's there's more um, planets that they've discovered that they just now discovered. Um, which could thousand years into the future will be more closer to the Earth, just all kind of stuff to to confuse you. But let me get back to the impact because I did get off subject. But let me get back to the impact, the effect that it will have on Earth. You will see more strange weather anomalies like it's being cold in one in the northern parts of the world during the summertime or, or it's more hotter in the northern hemisphere. Then it's kind of somewhat cooler in the southern hemisphere or vice versa, vice versa or in the East Coast is more colder than usual. Or in the South um, Pacific or the Atlantic Ocean, you see the, the Gulf Stream being reversed and going in the opposite direction. 
the the um, polar vortex is all off. You will see all this. They will begin to slowly bring out articles and stuff like they're doing now that even the the meteorologists can no longer keep up with. They say it's going to be hot this day, but then that day comes and it's, it's cold versus hot or it's much more cooler. There will be there will begin to be anomalies and strange weather patterns and more upticks and earthquakes, more rain than usual in different places and continents and countries and parts of the United States or in other um, continents or countries. There will be more be more mudslides, more flooding. Um, you will see more cracks forming in, in different parts of the world because Planet X has a magnet that causes a, a pool, just like Planet Tug of War. You have on one side of the, the rope, you have six people. On the other side, you have three. So the six people, depending on the, the strength of each individual, will cause the other three people to be pulled down because of, of that pool, that toggle, the, the pool. So you're going to see the earth being affected horrifically. And you're going to begin to see more earthquakes that are going to begin to erupt that have been in dormant for many years. So those are different things that that you're going to that you're going to see um, that will be the sign that is getting closer and closer. Now, um, I want to talk about the attributes. So some of the attributes of Jesus and his throne or his throne chariot is these. The star of Jesus described as a uh, as a scepter, mace. The modern scientific term would be planet. And then you have in Revelations where his hair is as white as wool and snow. In scientific terms, that's a coming uh, comet like tail. Then you have the color of the throne described as like a sardine stone red. Scientifically, that's red in color. Then Jesus is described um, as the throne surrounded by a sea of glass and crystals. Scientifically, the attributes is a ring system. Then you have the four beasts that's described in, in uh, I believe, the book of Revelations. And then scientifically, it's described as the four primary satellites. Then you have the seven lamp, lamps of fire. That's more um, satellites in scientific terms. Then you have Jesus shines like the sun in his strength. Scientifically, it stands for a high albedo, particularly with the tail. This is more talking about a comet. Then it talks about Jesus being preceded by lightning, thunder and voices because it, um, it talks about that in Revelations. In modern terms, scientifically, that means powerful electric um, electric exchange when passing near other planets. Anytime planets and comets get close to other planets, there's a there's a discharge because each planet or comet has electricity. So it begins to cause an interference. It's just like when you um, bring two magnets together, they stick, they begin to interact with one another. So that's what that's that's talking about. And I'm not going to go too deep into it. I just want to give a, a bit of an um, understanding. Um, 
Let's see, what else do I want to discuss with you all? Um, let me talk more about um, the scriptures. Um, one example I would give you is Acts 26, 13 through 15. Acts 26, 13 through 15 talks about Jesus, which represents the second son known as Planet X, Nibiru, Planet Nine or the Red Dragon. So I'm going to read 26, 13 through 15. So if y'all have your Bible, you can bring it out. Acts 26, chapter 26, verses 13 through 15. And this is what it reads. And I'm reading from the Companion Bible, King James Version. So make sure you're reading from the King James Version Bible. Acts 26, 13 through 15. I'm starting at 13, verse 13. At midday... O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for me. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Persecute. So what that means is Jesus is saying he is in the heavens and he shines bright as the sun. So that lets you know, brothers and sisters, this is talking about a star in the heavens, not an actual person. It's metaphorical. This is in the scriptures. So read the scriptures. This is what it's saying in the scriptures. And Jesus replied. Saying. I am Jesus who persecutes and he is the one that was the king who was seen that was shining like the sun. OK, so read that on your own time. Let me go to another chapter, another book, Matthews. 17 2 Matthews chapter 17 verse 2 is Jesus representing the sun known as planet X and the Bureau and planet 9 the red dragon Matthew 7 2 I'm going to read verse 1 and then I'm going to get the 2 so it can make more sense Matthew 17 and after six days Jesus take Peter James and John, his brother, and bring them up unto a high mountain and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun. And that is S-U-N, by the way, in the scriptures, brothers and sisters. Let me repeat. Let me reread that. This is uh, verse two. And was transfigured. This is Jesus that's, that was transfigured before Peter, James and John was transfigured before before them and his face did shine as the sun and his remnant was white as the light. Brothers and sisters, whether you want to accept it or not, this is in the scriptures. This is in the scriptures. It says specifically that Jesus took Peter, James and John, his brother. And in the in the midst of them, in, in front of them, 
he transfigured, meaning he trans, he, he transmuted, he transfigured, he changed, he transmutated, he, he changed, he altered, he appeared, he changed before them and his face shined as the sun, not S-O-N, S-U-N, and his remnant was white as the light. Now, I'm going to go to another chapter in the book. And y'all, and the reason I'm giving you all these chapters and these scriptures so you can go back and read it yourself. So you can't say Dr. Hayoka is just saying this and that. I'm giving you scriptures for you to go read for yourself. And don't stop there. Once you read it, study it, do your research so that it can bear witness to your soul and spirit. Psalm 84, 11. Again, goes further, talks about Jesus representing the second son as planet X, Nibiru, planet I, the red dragon. Psalms 84, 11. For the Lord God is a son, S-U-N, and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Which means what, what that's being what's being said in that scripture is metaphorically that the Lord is not hiding anything from you. The creator is not um, deceiving you. He's revealing to you exactly what. Is being revealed. That's been decoded. He's encoding and revealing to you the truth. Of what everything represents. That's what that means for the Lord God is a son. S-U-N. That's what it says. It's spelled S-U-N. It's a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold, which means he won't, re he won't re um, keep it a secret. He won't withhold it, but he'll share it with you. For those who walk uprightly, those who are righteous. Those who are righteous. Luke 12, 49. Goes further, talks about Jesus representing the second son known as planet X and the Biru planet nine. Luke 12, 49. And and I come to send fire on the earth. And what will I if it be already kindled, kindled his fire. So this system is going to bring fire. Not only from the heavens, from the debris field within its tail, which has meteorites and, and is in its own comets. It's going to cause fire on the earth like what we see now with La Palma on the Canary Islands, like all these other volcanoes going off all around the world. That's what is that's what is meant when when um, it is said that. If it be already kindled fire on the earth, if it already be kindled, that's metaphorical for. Same meaning that if it's not already fire on the earth, which it is coming from them, them, them earthquakes, I mean, not earthquakes, but the volcanoes and the fires that we see in California and stuff like that. If it may not be already kindled, but there will be more fires added. Because of the aggravation or the irritation and the disturbance within the core of the earth that's being caused by the by the magnetic pool of this planet. I'm going to go down um, to Matthew 18, 20. 
where it prophesies that multiple sons were appear in the name of God. And remember, and this is something that I discussed on part one. So 1820. For were two or three, this is Matthew 1820. For were two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. Now, I didn't say people <laughs> at all. And let me go up to 19 before that. Let me go to verse 19 so y'all can understand this. I really want y'all to get this because we're in the last days and I want y'all to understand this. It's no time to be playing games. I want you all to get this knowledge. This is Matthew 18, 19. And then I'm going to read. I'll um, read to 20. And again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. Them is those sons, those other planets. That's metaphorical. Them in the midst of them because the creator is behind all of this good bad <laughs> good evil whatever the all of it the creator is behind it behind it all that's what that means one other thing i would like to say um is there were prophets that worshiped the sun one of the prophets was Isaiah. Specifically, Isaiah 2, 7 and Isaiah 19, 18. Let me read Isaiah chapter two, I believe it's chapter two, verse seven. This is what it says. Isaiah verse seven, chapter two, their land is filled with silver and gold. And there is no end to their treasures. Their land is filled with horses and there is no end to their chariots, chariots. Their land is filled with idols. They bow to the work of their hands. To what their own hands have made. Now, it is not clear how to interpret the reference to horses and chariots, although the general context is one of idolatry. The the um, immediate preceding context, which refers to silver, gold, etc. Isaiah six, um, Isaiah chapter sixty, verses one through three, is son worship of the God Yahweh. I will read, and um, there are some scholars that you can look up to, um, J. Morgan Stern and H.P. Uh, Stelia. J. Morgan Stern is spelled M-O-R-G-E-N-S-T-E-R-N. And H.P. Stelia, uh, S is H dot P, S space S-T-A-H-L-I. Those are two scholars that talked about that are references that you can use as it pertains to whom I'm talking about now since I have them um, in my notes um, these two scholars um, had argued the presence of solar elements in one or more passages within Isaiah 40 through 66 
But what I'm going to read to you now is Isaiah 6, um, chapter 60, verses 1 through 3. Arise, shine, for your light has dawned, and the glory of the Lord has shone upon you. For lo, darkness will cover the earth, thick cloud the peoples. But upon you, Yahweh will shine. Let's stop for a moment. Yahweh will shine. Arise, shine for your light has done. That's at the beginning of the sentence of Isaiah 60, um, chapter 60, verses one through three. What that means is something will rise and shine. So when it says when it goes on down and it says upon you, Yahweh will shine. Well, the only thing that, that rises, that shines is the sun. Come on, y'all. It's common sense. It's logic. That's 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 just basic logic. Upon you, Yahweh will shine. His glory will be seen over you and the nations shall walk to your light. So what they're saying, they're changing the context. They're changing it by saying that. The people, the nations shall, shall walk towards your, which is referring to in this context, Yahweh, your light. So. Isaiah is saying the people will shine, will walk towards your light, the nations. That means nations is all the nations on earth. And kings to the brightness of your shining. So this right here, Isaiah 4, uh, chapter 60, verses 1 through 3. I repeat, Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3, talk, talks about and proves that God, the God Yahweh, is, is a representation of the sun, Jehovah. So for, for any Jehovah witnesses that's listening to this, go and read that. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3. I'm going to reread it again. Arise, shine, for your light has dawned, and the glory of the Lord has shone upon you. For lo, darkness will cover the earth, thick cloud the peoples. But upon you, Yahweh will shine. His glory will be seen over you and the nations shall walk to your light and kings to the brightness of your shining. That is very, 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 very profound, brothers and sisters. Very, 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 very profound. Now, I know this is that, that what I just read to you and discussed within the past couple of minutes is it's is separate. From Jesus and him representing Planet X. But I wanted to throw that and add that in there so you all can get other perspectives, perspectives of other characters, other guys, other specific prophets that also worship the stars and the heavens. And this is what the ancient ancestors worshipped was the stars and the heavens, because they knew that the sun brings life and light to the world. So they had a spiritual, astronomical, and zodiac, um, zodiac, uh, zodiac, zodiacal, or zodiac perspective and philosophy and principles as pertains to the stars above, which is why they lived in abundance and lived in peace and happiness because they understood what, was important for them and what was 
the, they knew the significance of the stars in the heavens and of the sun because they they were all um, philosophical and and righteous and spiritual to understand religious aspect as it correlates and ties to the zodiacs and to and to astrology. That's why it's very important for any Christian, Muslim, whomever to study astro theology, because all scriptures pertains to astrology. Facts. This has been proven by many scholars, many scientists, many um, um, theologians that are in high ranking orders. Study astro theology. Brothers and sisters, I encourage you study astro theology because theology is nothing more but encoded stories of the moons and the stars and everything that are in the heavens. What other thing that I want to share with you all that I think would be important? Um, one other thing that I want to share with you all, if I can remember, that would be very, that I think is very, very important. Trying to think. Don't want to keep everyone waiting. Let's see here. You know what? I'm on I'm on I'm gonna end it. I'm on I'm gonna end it with this. Planet X. So Planet X was remembered in the ancient texts of the Hebrews, um, the Sumerians, and many other uh, peoples um, as the great throne chariot of God in heaven, being known for going away for long periods of time and you know returning and causing destruction on Earth. Um, and remember this occurs because of our filth. When we begin to engage in unrighteousness, our filth draws this destruction to us. So that's one thing I want you all to understand. Our filth draws this destruction to us. So I want you to keep, I want you all to keep that in mind. And most importantly, there are many of the events described in the book of Revelation and other apocalyptic uh, writings in the Bible. And this could only occur if caused by another planet passing near the earth. 
lightning that destroys entire armies, wave after wave of asteroids, comets, um, a heavenly sign that, you know, pretends both the birth and the second coming of the Messiah. All these are inevitably um, geared towards the existence of another planet in our solar system that moves in and out of our solar system like a thief in the night. Conclusively, decisively, and, and inevitably, the only logical conclusion, brothers and sisters, that one can draw to all um, answers, to all these, um, or should I say, to draw answers to all the questions, is that all these questions are answered in the text if you read it. And then throughout the entire um, scriptures. X marks the spot. <laughs> and the spot is earth. And X is that planet. One important passage I would like to read. Is this. In that day the Lord with his sword. And great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent. Even Leviathan, that crooked serpent. And he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. Now I read that on part one. But I think that is very, uh, very, very important. Because... That's a metaphor of the war that has always been going on above our heads. Now, there are many trumpets in the book of Revelations. And the seventh trumpet is very important because it imposes and reveals that there will be a shift in the heavens that will cause great destruction. And the seventh trumpet is the meteorites and debris field and the debris field from the tail of this coming that will attack the earth. The seventh trumpet. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. And a rainbow was upon his head, and his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. That's Revelation 10.1. However, though most uh, commentators seem to think that this has nothing to do with the action on the ground, but we do know, <laughs> we know now, though, brothers and sisters, based on, on the analysis from what I read at this point, that this is clearly a description of the glorious appearance of Planet X, which attacked. The forces of the dragon. The description of the object in heaven surrounded by a cloud. Its face bright as the sun with the rainbow around it sounds nearly identical to the description of God's heavenly throne in Revelations 4. Thus the description of the mighty angel in Revelations 10 must be a description of planet X near flyby. Where it destroys the massed armies of the dragon in one swift stroke. So my advice 
for you brothers and sisters is to go and read Revelations. And now since you have an idea and an understanding of the metaphors and the symbolisms of Jesus as it pertains to planets and planets as it pertains to to gods and specific individuals and as it pertains to overall the stars just overall you will get a clear and different perspective of revelations and why revelations is one of the most terrifying books of the bible because it reveals the destruction that our civilization will endure and experience we are that civilization that will live if we're blessed enough to witness this because we are in that half a time because the Bible talks about times and then times and then half a times. We're in that half a time. And the seventh trumpet has begun. Bless thou be the young man who seeks righteousness. The reason Jesus instructed so much to be righteous and to learn of self is because he knew as well as the other prophets that warned he knew and they knew that a catastrophe was coming in the future and the entire Bible is a manual is a survival kit per se is a survival manual and instructions on how to live a righteous and moral life so that you can survive the coming cataclysm. If you go back and look at all the stories in the Bible, all the prophets, what did they warn? The people, they always warned them that destruction was coming from the stars. Every single prophet that always gave out multiple warnings, they always warned the people. So that they will be aware of the coming destruction. It's a repeat of story in the throughout the entire Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament. A repeat of a, a, a pattern of repeat of story, uh, repeated stories that has a righteous man <laughs> that is trying to impose righteousness on the sheeple. And on on people they care about, just like today, you have righteous men and you have you have women as well who try to tell people about this. Hey, don't do this. Uh, you need to get canned goods. You need to stock up on food. And then you always have that one family uh, family member or multiple family members that don't want to hear it. You tell them and they're like, ah, whatever. And then when the stuff hit the fan, now they want to come to you for help. The same, the prophets went through the same thing that we're going through, brothers and sisters. We try to warn people they don't want to listen. They, that's why a lot of people died in the Bible because they didn't take heed to the warning. It's the same thing, brothers and sisters. This has been going on for millennia, for, for generations, for decades, for centuries. Where, where you have an individual who's a seer, who's a prophet, who's a righteous man, who is trying to share knowledge, trying to change a man of his ways. But some refuse to. So there's only a remnant that are saved. But just like 
there are men and women today who are trying to warn people. There are prophets today and seers. There are people who are trying to warn people. The prophets did the same thing. The Bible is nothing more but a story that is imposed, that reveals multiple stories of prophets who have told and tried to warn people of the destruction that God is going to bring from the heavens, from the, from, that will come from the stars because of the wickedness of the people. That's what the entire Bible is about. To be righteous, of course, to follow the laws of the old prophets. Because Jesus did say that he came to fulfill the laws of the old prophets. You can look that up. He, he didn't come to be against the laws of the old prophets, but he came to fulfill the laws of the old prophets. That means all you Christians should still be following the laws of the old prophets. And yes, that means not eating pork, etc., etc. Because a lot of y'all like to say, well, that's the Old Testament. The New Testament doesn't say that. Well, if you read your Bible and you read the scriptures like I have and you just pick up the book and actually read it and not being hypocritical, you will read the text in Matthews where Jesus believe it's Matthews where Jesus specifically says, I did not come to be against the laws of the old prophet, but I come to fulfill those laws. Fulfill means to continue to, to, to take those laws and continue to, to spread the gospel of those laws of the old prophets. So you still should abide by the old laws of the old prophets as well, brothers and sisters. You should, if you consider yourself a true Christian. So I will continue by saying that the entire Bible is about learning of self, get, getting knowledge of self. Know thyself, learning self, find out who you are. Firstly, once you find out who you are, gain knowledge about the world, about the existence of society. Get understanding of what happened to civilizations before us. Why are the pyramids underneath the ocean? Something caused that, something catastrophic. Seek knowledge, learn about the world, learn about history. The Bible is about righteousness, catastrophes. And how to survive those catastrophes. And the only way you can survive the catastrophes like Jesus taught is by learning who you are, becoming righteous, engaging in morality and not immorality. And if you do that, you will be chosen by God. You will be one of the select few chosen by the creation, by the cosmological God to make it through on the other side, just like. The people who survived during the days of Noah and, and, you know, people got up on, you know, the animals and stuff was on the ark. It's the same thing. Be one of those who survived this, who who would get on ship. And, and the ship is metaphorical of getting on the right principles, getting on the right path so that you can make it to the other side of this because the destruction is coming. It's inevitable. You don't believe me, you're going to find out real soon. Mark my words. It's going, you will, if you're 30, 40, 50 years old now, you're going to live to see it. Because this is going to happen between now and the next 15 years. So if you're blessed enough, you're going to live to see it. If we're lucky, we got another 10, 15 years. If not, it can, this can happen at any given moment because the signs are in the heavens. These objects are being seen in the skies right now. So I'd like to end by saying, take care of yourselves. Be blessed. Stand on the four principles, righteousness, honor, nobility and wisdom. 
and I wish each of you the very best. If you have any questions, tune in to the podcast, reach out to Shady Wise, and he, if you have any questions, and he will give you answers to any questions that you may have, because I'm sure a lot of you all may have questions. Leave comments. Continue to check out to the podcast. Um, I wish each and every one of you the best. Be righteous. Stand on the four principles. Seek knowledge and know that we are in the last days, but that's not the end of our existence. This is Dr. Hayoka. Out. Peace. Alright family, if you enjoyed this lecture, then I need you to do me a favor and then check out all the other shows that are on Wise Sound and to see more from Wise Studios, uh, check out our website and the link in the bios of our social medias and the link in the bio of this podcast as well. And please stay tuned for more to come from Wise Studios. Peace.